Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. Here we are, season number three, episode one. Say hi, Dad. Hi. How you doing, bud? We are having a blast doing these podcasts with you and um, just picking themes throughout the scripture, things the Holy Spirit's highlighted throughout our our lives and our ministry together. And so I'm really excited to kick off this third season. What do we want to uh, kick off with? What's on your heart? Well, I feel like it would be appropriate since we went through hindrances and we went through all the things that the kingdom of God offers to us now, um, I want to talk about the power and the necessity of encounter with God or impartation with the Holy Spirit. And I think if we don't have those moments where we're marked and filled and energized, it's hard to sustain during the times where you don't sense the presence of God. So it's good to have encounters um, I'm thinking about how the church was birthed. That was definitely an encounter in Acts yes. chapter 2 when the fire of God fell on them and they were able to speak in different languages. And they went out and were able to endure persecution. Yes. Even though everything in the world pointed against them, they turned mm-hmm. the world upside down. I remember reading about that one time in one of the history books of Christianity where it says there are 120 compared to the Roman Empire at the time, was the odds of one in 400,000 were touched by the Spirit. Wow. And yet the power of that encounter sustained the movement of Christianity to this day. And so Christianity was birthed in an encounter Mm. or an impartation of, you know, the Holy Spirit onto humans. It it wasn't until just a few years later that they were praying in Acts chapter Mm 4 because they were being persecuted and they asked for another encounter, basically. Mm-hmm. Lord, we don't want you to shrink back. We want you to stretch forth your hand yeah, and perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, child Jesus. And it says when the Spirit poured out in that prayer meeting, mm-hmm. the whole place was shaken. Yes. And then they were given boldness to speak mm-hmm. the Word of God boldly. Well, we can trace that, you know, all the way through the book of Acts, the first 30 years of Christian history, where there was extreme persecution, but at just the right time, there were these impartations or encounters with the manifest presence of God mm-hmm. that infused fresh faith, fresh anointing, fresh encouragement, you know, fresh perseverance. Yes. And I, I think about the revival that broke out in Acts 19, where when Paul first showed up there, he found 12 guys and he led them to the Lord. Then he laid hands on them and gave them an encounter. Yeah. He, he imparted to them the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, they prophesied, they spoke in different tongues. And it sustained those 12 guys for two years where nothing happened Hmm. until the revival broke out. And so I think it's necessary, Chad. I was thinking about when I've been here with you on this time here this year that I remember back when you were a teenager and you had had a really Hmm. amazing encounter with God that's kind of 
set the stage of your whole life of Christianity from mm. one encounter. And mm. it's not the only one, but sure. it was a foundational encounter. I think you ought to try to yeah. maybe share your story of that mm. encounter you had with the Holy Spirit when you were 16. Yeah. Well, the story goes is I was, I knew I had a call on my life for, at an early age, and I had preached and ministered and, and had just a real sensitivity to the Lord. But when I was 16, I was double-minded. I would kind of live between youth camp or youth retreat or church revival back when we used to do revivals. What did we do it like twice a year at the church we grew up in? Seven day campaigns. I mean, uh, you you know you can't really uh, slide with secret sin very long in that kind of environment. But when I was 16, I remember my sister April told on me for for how I had partied the weekend before. And she broke sibling code, which if you're listening and you have siblings, this is not actually a code. You should break this code every time. But she told my dad, she told you about what I was doing. And I never forget, I came into your room and, you know, I knew I was found out. And all day I was dreading, uh, you know, facing the, the discipline. And I came in, I still remember the words you spoke to me. You said, son, what are you doing? That was it. You didn't browbeat me. I deserved it. I was messing around. I was just in the wrong stuff, wrong crowd. And then you said, you can't go anywhere but to church and to school. And I thought those were my two favorite places. So it's perfect. And I remember immediately th that was on a Tuesday, I believe. I think that Thursday night, uh, our church was having prayer meetings every night. And, and it was mostly older ladies, which I love the, my, my, the mothers of the faith. And I walked in, I remember you You walked in, I was already there because I could drive to church or to school uh, as I was grounded. And you just simply said, son, do you want to pray about halfway through the prayer meeting? And I remember, I was like, yeah. And we knelt there at the, the front pew and no emotion. I mean, I'd had many emotional encounters as a young man and teenager with the Lord. This was very sober of my will. Lord, I don't want to do good. I want to be good. I don't want to do holy. I want to be holy. And at that moment, there was really no emotional release. There was just a resolve of the will. And so I came home. I think I still served my grounding sentence, uh, bless God. But I began to just get up early, uh, about an hour early a day, and start pressing into the Lord and reading the scriptures. And for two weeks, really no emotion. It was just walking out of that resolution of the will. And two weeks later, I remember when I was, like you said, I was 16, I was kneeling beside my bed just worshiping and I just began to weep just literally uncontrollably and I didn't have a really grid for this because this wasn't a church service this wasn't you know the revival preachers anointed and you know he's just you know the words penetrating everyone's heart in the audience it was just me and Jesus in my room by myself and so I remember I came into your room and I'm like dad what's wrong with me I you know, I'm not, I'm walking with God. What's this, what's up with this emotion? And you literally just said, just go and, and the Lord will tell you what, what, it, what he did. Just go ask him. And so I went to my room and still just that deep encounter with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, son, I, he's like, I got you. It was like I was given a life sentence to never be able to settle for anything less than wholehearted devotion to Jesus. Mm. Now I'm 39. I'm married almost 15 and a half, 16 years. I got four kids. There's been a lot of ups and downs since 16. But that encounter with the Lord, to your point, completely altered the trajectory of my life, where I had sat through 10,000 sermons of the best preachers, 
the best worship, the best church, the biggest, brightest, but never really now at 39 being able to get over what the Lord had done. I'm believing two weeks before that encounter, but he just let me know in that moment, this is what I did. I purified your heart and your mind forever mm. and just wrecked me. It ruined me. I couldn't, I, even today, I mean, I, I was up, I couldn't sleep well last night on the day of this filming and, and I was up, you know, 2.33 a.m. But, but if you read my journal entry, I'm just crying out for wholeheartedness. At 39, my cry is still the same, Lord, consume every part. Fill me. I want to be your man. I want to be your vessel. So nothing, nothing substitutes for a genuine encounter with the Lord. Mm. So I'm thinking about some of my friends that are in the ministry today mm. and encounters they've told me they've had. Um, one of my friends is a pastor in the Fort Worth area. And I was at a prayer conference with him once in Kansas City, hmm. and he'd been struggling with fear most of his life, just struggling with fear. And I remember I prayed over him, I laid hands on him, and he's told me, and that's been seven years at least, maybe a little longer, maybe eight years. Hmm. He told me ever since that laying on of hands, he's never battled with fear again. Wow. And so the power of that encounter or impartation was removal of something that had weighed him down his whole life. You know, he's 50-some years old now. Wow. And he's been seven or eight years without any fear just from one encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was doing a revival earlier this year in in Texas. I think it was Amarillo. Yeah, it was Amarillo, Texas. And it was the second night of the revival. Hmm. And the pastor came up to me and he goes, you probably don't remember this, but you were down at a different church 10 years ago in Texas, mm. and you were getting ready to preach, and you were just kind of looking around, and you called me out, and you said, come up here, and you didn't know me. Mm. And I said, okay, I don't remember it. And he goes, you, you, you came up, you brought me up to the platform, you put my, your hand on my heart, and you said, you will never be afraid again. Mm. And he, and he said, I've never been afraid for 10 years. I've been crippled in fear my whole life. He was a pastor. He'd been as afraid as a little boy. He'd been afraid wow. as, a, as an adult, as a minister, as a husband, as a father. And he said from that moment on, he'd never had fear. That's the power of an encounter. Mm. We p Encounters can come from reading the Word, from yeah. praying in the Spirit, from singing a song, from hearing a sermon, from reading yeah. your Bible, it doesn't matter. We're not limited to how the encounters come, but God designed us mm -hmm. to have to have encounters. And that was an interesting revival down there in Amarillo. I didn't really know mm. what to expect. I just know the Lord told me to go there. So mm -hmm. in this season of my life, I've been kind of going where I feel the Holy Spirit nudged me to go. Sure. And And after that pastor testified, there was an elderly gentleman there. I think he said he was 90. Hmm. And he said, can I give you a testimony? And I said, absolutely. He goes, you probably don't remember this. He said, but seven years ago, I was at the awakening that you used to do with Corey Jones down in Fort Worth. Hmm. And it was a time of ministry. And he said, you were praying over people. And he says, I was standing there for prayer, but you passed me. And hmm. you didn't you didn't pray for me. And I thought, huh. And he was telling me this, this little 90-year-old gray-haired man. He says, you went two or three p 
people pass me, hmm. but then you turned back to me and you came back. And he says, you moved the people away from both sides of me and you put your hand on my back hmm. and on my chest. And he said, he said, this is what you said to me. And this is a man, I don't, I don't know him, but he said, you said this to me seven years ago. You won't have any heart problems ever again. You hmm. said that to me. And then you went, amen. And you walked on. And he said, what you didn't know mm-hmm. was I was dying and I was on a heart transplant list and there's nothing they could do to fix my heart. I was dying unless I got a new heart. And he said, from that service on, I've never had one heart issue. Wow. That's a man 90 year old telling me that. Well, that's the power of an encounter. Yeah. So an encounter can, like you say, sanctify your heart. It can heal your body. It can remove oppression. Break off a it stronghold. Break off a stronghold. It can give us a calling for ministry. Yes. It can give us Commission. a burden for a heart, for a city or a region or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just know there's, that there's one, and sometimes encounters aren't even for us. Like I, I my one of my favorite uh, memories. Uh, we were together. This marked my life, man. We were up in Cadillac, Michigan with one of our favorite people on the planet, Brian McConnell and his wife, Dawn. And you were, uh, <clears throat> Brian and helped organize this gathering of, I don't know, there may have been 15 pastors in that little circle, 10 to 15, maybe more. Uh, you know, that was years ago. And I remember I just had the sense that I needed to leave the room. I was there sort of as an armor bearer capacity to you. I was probably helping with singing or something. Um, but I remember I went into the opposite room and you were just, you were sharing this word on Ichabod and the glory departing. And I remember I didn't want to disrupt that meeting, but the heavy hand of God was coming so strong upon me. I'm like, dad, I got to get out of the room. Cause I know you, these guys, all these pastors are really getting blessed and I don't want to disrupt it. Not because I was out of control, but I remember having to go to the other room on my face this, I, this is as vivid as any encounter I've ever had, oddly, and it wasn't even necessarily for me. It was an encounter of a burden, and then the, it, what it was is as I was in that room, and I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, maybe some of you listening, you've had these uh, snot-on-the-floor sessions. That's what I call this one, and I was just weeping, sobbing with the weighty hand of God on me. And in the encounter, the Lord was showing me, oddly, because we're doing this together as father and son— I felt like for a moment, I got to see who you were in the spirit. Now, if you're watching this, you, you, we, dad and I don't have a perfect relationship. We see each other's idiosyncrasies and brokenness and goofiness and personality quirks. And so it's so hard, especially in family. And maybe if we're talking to pastoral staffs or teams, even on teams you do a lot of life with, it's, it's hard to maintain seeing each other in the spirit because we do a life together. But in that encounter, I, the heaviness, the, the weighty hand, I mean, I was pressed on the floor and it was like the Lord was like, this is who, who your dad is to me. This is who your dad is in the spirit. This is the call and mandate you've, I've given him. And so, Chad, you're getting to see it now. And that encounter shook me because like I said, if we just relate to each other in the natural we're never going to see each other's redemptive potential, never be able to be each other's cheerleaders and encouragers. Man, you're amazing. You've got this. I know there's more in the grace of God in your life. And so sometimes like for that encounter, sure, it happened to me, but it was regarding another person. So sometimes in encounters, you'll get a, a, a vision, you'll, like the Macedonian vision. Paul gets direction for his missionary calling. 
You'll get to see someone through redemptive lenses that you've never seen before. You'll see a new door of opportunity that looked closed and helpless and hopeless, but the Lord shows a way. You'll view someone now from that 2 Corinthians 5, 16, no longer from a worldly point of view, but through the lens of the gospel, through the cross-shaped lenses. So you talk about encounter, that one just as we're talking about encounter and impartation. Uh, Daddy, I remember that. As you were sharing, the hand of God came, was coming on me, and I'm like, and I just remember sobbing, and it was really a burden, an encounter of intercession. I was crying out that the Lord would use you with those pastors and leaders. So anyhow, that just that story, I don't know if you remember that when we were in Michigan together. I remember when I got done sharing that day that all those, there was actually 45 pastors. Oh, see, I was way off. And I remember that every pastor was on the face weeping, repenting mm. for settling for anything less than the glory of God. Mm. And so your prayer encounter where mm. the spirit of intercession fell on you and the lenses of spiritual sight fell on you where you could probably pray prayers that were totally endorsed already by the father that's so good um so sometimes so, so sometimes encounter is definitely not for us it's the lord alerting us to what he's wanting to do in a group in a family in a service in a person in a season etc yeah and so i i want to also share Three encounters that my friend Rob had. It works in my ministry. Um, he uh, he he was a pastor. Had been a pastor for several years, and he was kind of getting burned out because he was trying to do things with his own abilities, with his own artistic abilities, with his church growth strategies. And he found himself getting kind of weary and exhausted emotionally. Hmm. And he said he went away to a cabin to be alone. And he said he just took a Bible and a journal. And he said when he was there alone, the Holy Spirit fell on him, and he had an encounter of the Father's love. Hmm. And he never knew how much he was loved, and it changed his life. He 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 just knew he had to live from intimacy and not performance-based. And so hmm. he remembers, I remember him telling me about that encounter. Then he had an encounter at a, uh, a global awakening conference where they were trying to release impartations of the power of the Spirit. Mm. And he was so hungry, he said, that before the, even before the altar call was even given, he ran up to the front. And the speaker, this evangelist that's known all over the world, just looked at Rob and blew on him. And Rob said he was, was knocked out <laughs> for 45 minutes. Wow. And when he came to, this, this evangelist was saying, you will redig the wells of the holiness movement. Mm with the emphasis on word and spirit, purity and power. And that's what Rob's done ever since then. Mm. I didn't know Rob in any of these past encounters, but when I met Rob, it's when he told me he had his third encounter. Mm. He had me come by, I was preaching in Pennsylvania somewhere, and he had me come by his church to speak to some friends and he invited and he had like 18 pastors there. Mm. And I showed up and we met each other for the first time in the physical and I started sharing he said, I shared for 20 minutes, and I said a, pr I said a mm. prayer, then I walked off and got in my car and drove off. He says he was so impacted by the power of the Word that he was on the ground for a couple hours just weeping after I left along with these other pastors. Wow. And he said that's the encounter he had with the Word, mm. the power of the Word, to where he, he told the Lord, if you'll help me, I'll devote three hours of each day the rest of my life to living in your word and digging into the truth of your word, the power of your word. Man. And he's done that. And so that's my friend Rob. You know, he's had three main encounters, one with mm. the Father's heart of love, one was the impartation, power of the Holy Spirit, 
and one with the power of the word. And so I, I just, I'm excited we're talking about these, Chad. I think yeah. what talking about encounters or impartations will do will create hunger in Christians' hearts for more. That's so good. And so I want these next several episodes that yeah. we do, if if I can if I can desire anything from God to help us to yeah. instill a hunger yeah. to go after more so we don't settle for n- mediocre Christianity. That's so good. So let's pray. So Father, I just thank you so much for just this episode that's just stirring the, even the embers of my own heart's affection that Lord, we know um, encounters are so apart. We might even say moments of revival and awakening throughout salvation history, Israel's history, church history, etc. You use moments when you come near and you change the game and you restore something, you remind us of something, you impart something fresh for uh, the context where the gospel is meant to take root and expand. I just thank you that you are the God of encounter. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As we read the patriarchs, as we read the story of God, it is one encounter after another with decades in between of of grind and covenant (laughs) uh, reality and relationship building and formation. But Lord, nothing takes the place of you when you come close and encounter us with your love. So, Lord, we ask in these next episodes that you would, that those who are hungry for more would experience that in an unbelievable way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.